0: From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rivki Yitzkiewicz, and on today's show, I talk with someone who sort of kind of fell into running an international nonprofit, how she continues to gain much more than she gives, and why she thinks anyone can lift themselves up. these libraries before I knew about Leslie Gang. My friend Jelly Wapniak did some artwork for them and she's the one who connected me with Leslie, the woman who started a book donation organization in memory of someone she didn't really know that well. This is a great story of someone who took a really terrible situation and turned it into something positive for themselves and those around them.
1: I grew up in Farakwe. Um, my entire family actually lived in one building. Um, my whole family came from Russia and that was kind of what they did. They all moved into one building and you know, one grandmother was on the 13th floor, I was on the 14th floor, the other grandparents were on the 18th floor. Um, and we lived right across from the beach. Um, which was probably the highlight of my childhood. Every weekend, we would just walk across the street, hit the beach, um, and I kind of got my love of water from there. And I was your singing kid. I would always be in a dressing room in Lowman's in the middle of the store just singing some Disney song. And still to this day, unfortunately, you might find me on the subway or in my car just singing and being silly. I'm, a, I'm big into music. I love theater. I love Broadway. And I always did when I was young. I performed um, in community theater and school theater and camp theater. I sang. Um, and that was always a big passion that kind of continued. So that if you did see me in a dressing room, I'll sign some autographs.
0: That's <laughs> that's, that's what you're doing. I'm a big like car karaoke fan. If yes. I am stuck in traffic, I'm having a dance party. There's nothing better to do anyways.
1: That's, it's funny. I want um. For some reason, my kids brought that karaoke microphone into the car one time, and on the way back, I was driving alone. I actually stopped and just did some karaoke with the mic in the car in traffic from <laughs> <to> Brooklyn. <laughs> Why not? That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so super fun. Um, so yeah, can you tell me a little bit about the work that you do now? What's your job? So right now, I'm the Director of Communications and Executive Administrative Assistant at the Brandeis School, um, which is a modern Orthodox day school in Lawrence, New York. I work very closely with the head of school and the board as well as the executive director and the faculty. So I work with new families coming into the school. I manage the social media, uh, the media relations, um, and at the same time I do the ins and outs of an office staff member. So it's a very small school. My children just transferred there actually this September and we're so thrilled. It's a great place to be.
0: It's really nice to be in a small school where you feel like People are actually looking at you, right?
1: I agree. It's it's really a family. It's really warm. It is smaller, like you said. So you really feel like you're a part of something and part of something special. And even from the moment we walked in, from the moment my kids joined, there was a different sense of unity that really we've never felt before. And it's really awesome. And I'm so proud to be a part of it.
0: That's really great. That's, it's always so good to like, just know that you're being appreciated, particularly in something as important as a school and like, and in your kid's school and everything. That's, that's very cool. Um, What do you do in your spare time?
1: Well, when I am not at a Broadway show or listening to Broadway music, um, we actually, um, I run a nonprofit with um, a friend and that takes up about 80% of my free time when I'm not at work. I'm
0: sure. What can you tell me a little bit more about the nonprofit? What does it do, and how did it get started?
1: Sure. So um, I'm the co-founder of Hindi's Libraries. Uh, Hindi's Libraries is an international nonprofit organization that collects new and gently used children's books, and we donate them around the world. We've partnered so far with more than 375 organizations um, spanning across all 50 states, Israel, India, and Puerto Rico. And Hindi's Libraries was started. Unfortunately, it's one of those things that you wish didn't exist. Um, basically, last August, um, a former colleague of mine, Dr. Hindi Krinsky, who was an English teacher at a local high school in the neighborhood, she passed away suddenly. Um, and in her memory, it's really a crazy story, and it's going to sound nuts to anyone listening, because in her memory, uh, I decided with the principal of the school as well as Hindi's husband, David, to build a little freestanding library. You might have seen them if you walk around on a local boardwalk or you take a drive and you see one of those wooden boxes. Um, We decided to build one in her children's school because not only was she a faculty member, but she also was a parent of the school with five little ones. So we decided to build one freestanding library and actually have a friend of both of ours, Shelly Wapniak, who I know you had talked with um, recently.
0: is yes. actually the one who connected us, which I'm very oh. grateful um, to hear this story firsthand from you. Um, yeah, Shelly was like, you have to talk to Leslie. And I'm like, okay, we're here.
1: So, so yes. Shelly's fabulous and probably one of the most creative people I ever met and really inspired me um, to kind of keep going. So she had done some art for me privately and we decided to build a box in Hindi's memory and Shelly painted it. And so here it is, the, it's November, 2018. There's a box in the school painted and beautiful. And I had called David, who is was Cindy's husband, and I said, so should I go to Barnes & Nobles and buy, I don't know, 50 books? Do you want to split it with me? Or do we do something interesting? Do we send a WhatsApp to the parents uh, in your kids' grades and ask them, you know, we're doing something special for somebody that you all knew and your children all knew. Um, bring a book to school. Let's fill up the library. And he said, you know what? That's a good idea. We'll fill up the rest. If they bring 20 books, we'll buy 40, whatever it is. Within two weeks, there were 500 books at the school. Holy cow. And the principal called me and said, um, so I love you, but not enough to keep these books. <laughs> right. so we need could a bigger get, box. Could you get them out of my office? So I called David. Now let's say it's, I don't know, December. I called David and I said, so um, I don't know, I'll take them home. We'll call the local schools, maybe a JCC, maybe a homeless shelter, and we'll send them out. We'll give them out. No problem. We made a label in Hindi's memory. We have a quote from one of Hindi's students. We labeled, let's say, 500 books, shipped them out, drove them out, rather, Um, and then people started calling. We heard you were taking books. I'm moving. I have two boxes of books Weeks and months later. I heard you're taking books. I have books. My children aren't reading them anymore So we kind of sat down and had a legitimate meeting and said Is this going to be something? Is it not going to be something and here we are today about a year later from when we really initially started um 75,000 books later 375 organizations um and it's, it's nuts, but uh, it's the two of us manning the back end um, from A to Z, from picking up the books to sorting them, labeling them, shipping them. We have a handful of volunteers, some friends of mine, some high school volunteers that come every so often to help with the process. Um, and this, we're just taking it day by day. You know, the need for books is tremendous. We didn't realize um, how big this is. And we're moving onward and upward.
0: Okay. So you, together with Hindi's husband, just kind of thought you were going to collect books one time for the school. And then next thing you know, you ended up with a nonprofit.
1: It, pretty much exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's not.
0: Okay. That's stressful, but also amazing. Um, I'm curious. I want to, I want to go backwards a little bit because there's a big difference between, I want to, like a lot of people can think, you know, listen, I I have this friend who just passed away. It's, it's, you know, I, I feel like I want to do something. And I think there are a lot of people that stop there. This is so sad. We should really do something. Right. You know, radio silence. What was it that made you actually do something? What was it that really made you, you know, put pen to paper? Are you just, are you just really organized that way? Were you feeling like you needed to do something? Like, what, what, what is it that makes you different from, I think most people who would just be like, this is so sad, thoughts and prayers, and move on with their life?
1: So I'll tell you, it's, it, part of it was because at the time I had worked in the school where she taught. And originally, a lot of the communication was funneling through me, um, just because that was my role at, at that point. And I started befriending the family at the very beginning. I'm talking about the day the email had to go out, the day of the funeral, throughout the Shiva with all the meal trains. At that point, I was befriending the family more so than another family that I may have interacted with simply because of the constant communication of community members coming together and offering after school programs, offering backpacks, offering headbands for the girls. I was kind of literally making lists of what was being offered and getting it to David and his family. So a friendship started there. um, And that kind of already made this connection to Hindi's family, uh, to David, to the kids, um, and that was a big part of it. Um, another part of it was I was going through this internal struggle. I was basically put in a situation I couldn't control at the exact point that had passed away. And, you know, when you're in this place um, mentally, physically, and you just feel like you're stuck in a corner, whether you were thrown there or you ended up there, um, you have two options, right? You could sit there and watch everything happened around you and just stay low, or you can get up and move. And I, I even tell Devin this all the time, you know, I, I know you keep saying, you know, Leslie, you're fabulous, you're wonderful. It's, it, it really wasn't about you at the beginning. It was about me needing something to do. And 48 hours of within what was happening to me, um, this took place with Hindi's family and this tragedy took place. I felt really like it was a sign I had to do something. Um, I don't know, and I'm honest when people ask me, I don't know if I would have gotten so involved otherwise at the beginning, at least right now, this is my life. And people know, you know, Hindi's libraries is what's like coming out of her blood when she's not at work. But at that time in August of 2018, had I gotten involved then, I don't know, but I saw it as a way for me to channel my confusion, my energy whatever was going on in my head, I organized my thoughts. I saw something that needed to be done. I saw a family that was hit with this disaster and this tragedy from nowhere. She died very suddenly, unexpected. And how could you not? So I took it upon myself to, uh, I guess, relay the messages from the community uh, and then continue work with the principal to do something in her memory, um, slowly but surely continuance of it to see what could be done with the books you know and he'll say to me often when you're done just tell me you could be done um and I don't think that I ever will be at this point because you know we'd much rather have Hindi here than have this organization at all but to see something beautiful come from this tragedy to see that thousands of children across the world are getting books you know, it really, it really keeps me moving. It's really kept me moving. It's really continued to keep me in a positive mind frame and mindset. Um, whereas in the beginning I used it as something to maybe some might say distract myself from what was going on. It was the perfect distraction, which turned into an unbelievable thing that my children are seeing, you know, the power of doing good neighbors, family members, friends see that it doesn't need to be a million dollar donation to feel like you make a difference. It could be as simple as going a little bit out of your comfort zone and spending some hours doing something nice. So
0: it sounds like this was almost serendipitous for you. Like you had whatever going on in your personal life um and then this opportunity presented itself that was an opportunity that was something for, a way for you to take the take take what was happening to you whatever it was and channel that energy towards something that could help people.
1: Exactly. I, you couldn't have said it better, you know? Um, it, like I said, it would be much better if you and I were talking about something completely different, um, but having the ability to be a part of something so special at a time when I really needed it, more than I even knew I needed it, um, is something I, you know, I'm so grateful for to have that opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's something that it's something that a lot of people don't get. And I'm curious if when you're going through your own personal rough time, there's still a certain amount of, I guess, gumption or chutzpah or whatever you want to call it, that that says, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step up. I'm not gonna wallow in what's happening to me. I'm gonna step up. I'm gonna do something in memory of my friend and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make this turn into something was there something specific that you did or something that you told yourself that made it easier for you to pick yourself up and get this organization started
1: so I always love a challenge Um, and I found this as this wonderful challenge uh, to myself and when I say I love a challenge people who know me know that I love to find executive team members of various companies organizations and really fight for what's right. So I'm that person. People call when they say, you know, Delta gave me a problem. They canceled my flight and I can't get my money back. So I say challenge accepted. Mm -hmm. We find the CEO and his team. We send an email together. Sure enough, the phone call comes in and they do get what they need. So I kind of said to myself, how can I use this opportunity? How can I use my, you know, love for, doing what's right and getting people to do something good. How could we? How could I use this in the case of Hindi's libraries? So at the very beginning, I called up it, even when it was very early on and I was still not really sure what I was doing. He wasn't sure what I was doing. I said, I have an idea. If we're going to become something real, we got to hit all 50 states. And I made that my challenge. How do I get books to each state? Because then you have credibility, right? Then you don't just say, you know, you donate to five or six organizations in Long Island, one in New Jersey, one in Florida, all 50 states. And for the next three months, any spare time I had when my kids were sleeping, when I wasn't in the office, I would spend my energy and spend my time finding organizations. I'd make a list of states. I'd find, let's say, five or six organizations per state that really um, meshed with our mission. And I would email them and then I would follow up with them and then they wouldn't answer me. So I'd find five more. And I took that, I took that personal challenge that love for, you know, I'm not, you know, people think I'm nuts. I'm i am going to show them what's nuts. And I took all of that that I could have done while, you know, sitting in bed or figuring out what to do. I took that energy. I took that time and I, I went for it. It took, it took like three to four months to get all 50 States, but we got there. And at that point, you know, we had been growing as well. So by the time we got all 50 states, my my mind was in a totally different place. I was much better. I was back to myself. Um, my, my children had transferred schools at this point and everything was kind of falling into place. So it was just that gumption of just keep going. Find a specific mission that you know you will find a challenge you would like to meet and go for it. And I did it. And we did it together.
0: What do you think is something that people should look for in their challenges? Like, if you had to come up with three criteria for you're in a tough spot, give yourself a project or a challenge, here's what it should have. um what what would you recommend people look out for? So,
1: for sure, the challenge should be something you're passionate about, or at least be partially something you want to do. You know, don't give yourself a challenge that you're gonna be so miserable. Forget it. I'm not doing it because I hate exercising. So I'm going to lose 30 pounds, but I hate exercising. So already, you know, that's not going to happen. So find it. Uh, the challenge is to be something or a part of it is to have something you enjoy doing. The second thing is you can't make it too easy. You have to make it really worthwhile because if you're in this place where um, you'd really be much rather be doing nothing um, or doing, you know, watching TV and lounging and not using your brain, it's got to be something that uses brain power and takes time. And it isn't something that in 10 minutes or two days you're done, because then it's not going to get your, you know, your mindset back to where it needs to be. It wasn't really something that you had to strive to do. Um, And the third one is don't give up because, and don't let it be something you're going to give up on. So, you know, it's something that you find meaningful, uh, you find has a purpose so that if you don't accomplish it, you feel badly, you feel like you, you still need to strive more. So, you know, when I said to David, we're doing 50 states, I'd still be working on it because I, I wouldn't want to stop. So as long as there's that passion, you feel it's something that you want to accomplish and you in a way might even need to accomplish and something that isn't easy to do because you're not going to get out of that state of mind, that negative state of mind, if you only spent a week or so on it because it's not enough of you that went into it, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think it also just makes sense to, you know, if you, when you give yourself big projects like this, you know, when you give yourself something, um, particularly I think when it's something that affects other people that is charitable and helps other people, then you're being forced to remove yourself from your own pain. You know what I mean? Like you're being forced to not think about Mm -hmm. how miserable you feel about whatever it is. And it's, you know, we're not, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about this family that just lost, you know, a mother or a wife or whatever. And I'm also thinking about these kids who don't even have books. So I'm going to do whatever I can to, in her name, get these kids something that I know will make their life better. Something that I know will help them. And that in and of itself is really therapeutic. It's really... It's just, you know, get out of bed and do something and that makes it easier. I should say if you're like really stuck in bed and
1: depressed, you should probably get help. But yeah. yeah. You know, it also really puts, um, puts perspective on life. You know, you go through whatever you go through and then you stumble across somebody um, or let's say an organization that's working with children who have ter- who are terminally ill and they need a book. It really is an easy way to snap you out of whatever's going on with you, not to, you know, lower what's happening with myself or with oneself but it really puts life into a perspective you know I still have the ability to xyz do something good move forward exercise whatever that goal may be to do this challenge I have the ability to do that despite of what's taking place in my life let's get on that horse and ride while I can Right.
0: Yeah. That and that in and of itself is just really helpful. Um, I have a te- a logistical question for you because I am a logistics nerd and this kind of stuff fascinates me. When you say that you um that you like give books to kids in India and, and all of these places, like are you donating to organizations that are there? Are you like actually going to India and handing out books? Oh like my God, how does...
1: No. <laughs>
0: how so, fun would that trip be?
1: I want to oh, do that for oh you. So that's one of our goals and in- when I say hours, I mean mine, Um, I would love, I kind of compare ourselves to a monthly subscription service um, simply because we're the middleman. So typically what happens if you, Rifki, give me a book, 10 books, five books, whatever it may be, I sort them by age. I label them with a beautiful sticker that has a photo of India quote by a former student. And then we look at our database and we send those books to the organization. Now I'll talk about internationally in a minute, but within the country, That just means putting a shipping label on it, sending it to the organization with the address they had given us, sending a follow-up email and being in touch with them throughout the year. Um, So you see why I say monthly subscription service. My goal uh, would be to bring those books to those children, do some sort of interactive reading activity, promote literacy even more so than just getting them books. Um, We actually do have the ability to do that in Long Island. We've done it a couple of times. Um, where we visited the recipients. We handed them books. We did, you know, with the little ones, we once did a dip dot activity that had to do with the book we read. David so read The Little Engine That Good. We did some Mad Libs in groups with older kids um, when we had donated books. So I would love to be one-on-one. Unfortunately, um, both my schedule and funding just isn't making that happen right now. We're still, you know, even though you, you read the numbers and they're overwhelming in terms of the amount of books in the organizations, it's still been only a year and it's still just us two with a handful of volunteers. So in terms of international, um, it's been people going to those countries um, and saying, we're traveling to India, we're traveling to Israel, give us books. So we've prepared duffel bags, suitcases, boxes, and sent them to recipient organizations who've reached out to us on the other end.
0: Got it. So it's it's like a two way system where organizations know that if they reach out to you, you will probably have books to exactly to donate. That is fabulous. And when you do plan a trip, I want to come. You're, you're with really me fun.
1: that's good because it's just going to be me at this point no one wants to come with me so you and I will go global. I will go I will go let's with go. you to
0: India and give out books let's I'm do it all for it yes okay next week let's go
1: I'm in like yes who's funding it, who's funding
0: it? <laughs> exactly if you're listening to this I want to fund mine and Leslie's India book giving trip please let me know you let's can uh, email the podcast um so the thing the thing also to me that is kind of fascinating is was there something specific that brought about books or was it just, this is an easy thing that we can collect? Like, why why books?
1: Why books? So I wasn't really that friendly with Hindi more so than any other faculty member in the school. I'd worked with her throughout the years for recruitment season at the school. I'd known her because I did admissions. So anytime, you know, she brought in a student to the school, uh, we would interact. Um, but beyond that, I I couldn't really vouch at the time for much about her, except that she... Loved books and loved reading, and even I knew that when working with her and working on open houses and other prospective parents' events. So, when she passed and the idea of the library box started, it came about because not only was she a big believer of reading and promoting literacy, her children love to read. Um, There's one triplet who, uh, there's not a time you will go into the house or go into a space where she is, and she won't have a book or multiple books. Um, so this just seemed fitting. I don't even think it was a question as to what will be done. It, w- it was books. So when um, the principal called me, you know, she said, "How could we honor it via books? What could we do with books?" You know, because they know the children is always reading. Hindi was always reading. She was always promoting literacy, not only in her in her classes, but also with colleagues at the high school. So this is just something anyone who had known her, even on a, you know, very surface level, um, maybe as much as as I did, would know that this is something she was passionate about. So being able to continue her legacy with books, um, I think is something very meaningful, certainly to me, but even more so to, you know, those who knew her well and loved her very much.
0: I'm curious what it was that pushed you to work as hard as you do and start this organization for someone who you didn't really know that well? Was there, was it more just because you got to know them through, like you said, organizing, you know, things that happen. you know, the, got, got to know David and the family post, you know, post her death and organizing things like that. And then you felt like you needed to, or was there some other reason?
1: So I don't know that I ever felt I needed to I definitely felt I wanted to. Um, Firstly, because of what we discussed before that I really had felt this was something at the time of my life I could put my energy into and it would be a positive outlet for what was going on. Um, But I mean, really, Rifki, you take five seconds with those kids and you'll fall in love with them. Um, And just in the beginning when we were delivering meals and working with the local community members to figure out what could be done after school programs or, you know, carpool rides or whatever it was that was being thrown at me, you know, that I relate to the family, just getting to know those kids, uh, there was no way I wasn't going to be involved in something um, when given the chance. And I say that because he says I didn't ever give him a chance. I just said, this is what we're doing and let's rock and roll with it. But, two uh,
0: sides. There's two sides to every story. Oh, uh, right?
1: yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I I still claim that I was given the opportunity, but whatever it is. So, you know, you, you see, first of all, you see a man with five kids working his butt off to live the new normal. I mean, that itself is inspiration. And I, and I, when I did some interviews for Hindi's libraries, I, I meant what I said, anyone who's struggling or going through a tough time, look at this guy who picked himself back up, drove the kids um, from upstate where they were, moved back into the house um, after he got up from Shiva and brought those kids back into school, brought them to birthday parties. And I was at my house eight weeks later with the kids at a, at a party I threw in the house just to get him out of the house and, you know, introduce them to people. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Talk about inspiration and making an impact. The impact he made on me you know, while I was just like, oh, hey, they want to give you a backpack. Oh, hey, this guy wants to make you a meal. You know, I'm this little nobody, and he's walking around owning it. Um, that was inspiring. And then when this came about, you know, how do you not get involved? You know, when we when he said, like, should we do something? How do you say no? You see these kids who are rock stars in every way, superstars. They're adorable. They're brilliant. They're hilarious. Um, And they're dealing with this tragedy and they're doing it beautifully and he's handling it wonderfully. And, you know, I always tell him like he's functioning like a human being more so than I ever could imagine from an outsider's perspective. So when you see that and you're going through something, don't you want to be around someone who's just, you know, emanating this, we got this, I got this vibe. So I got this. And he got this. And we just day by day, minute by minute, made crazy decisions to keep going. Wow. That's that's really that's a
0: really great perspective on, you know, they say, you know, taking lemons and making lemonade. Right. Sometimes sometimes you get dealt this really bad hand, um, which was the case for both of you. And, and then you're able to make something from it. You're able to turn it into something meaningful and worthwhile and something that helps you move through the world in a better way. And that's always really interesting to, to see. And it's always really beautiful to see because then, you know, like, like you said, I would love to not be talking about this. You know, I would love if you hadn't gone through your hard time. I would love if, uh, if Hindi was still alive. Um, but we don't have control over those things. What we do have control over is our own, um reactions to that, you know, our own our our own our own decisions um and what we choose to do. And that's always that's always where, you know, the real character comes out. That's always the tougher part to to really pin down. Um, What would if you, aside from the trip to India that you and I are taking together, Mm -hmm. um what is what's something that you that you want for Hindi's library in the next five years?
1: So first of all, I really want to be on The Ellen Show. I just think Ellen would love what we're doing. and She would, though. She would love it, right? So Wait, I how do we make that happen? We can I don't find know. the producer's I, email. Remember I talked about how I love stalking CEOs and people? I stalked everyone on that team. I don't know. They're not interested in me right now. We'll see. I don't know. I post on her wall. I hit her videos on her wall. I send my friends to her social media posts. Um, I would love, I would love for people to know of our organization as something that's really making a tremendous difference. I mean... The letters we sometimes get from our recipients—they're heartbreaking. These are the only books these children will ever get, and they'll be gone in two weeks. And we can't wait to hear from you that we want more. Um, that you know that you're giving us more. Rather, I mean, to hear that—you know—at least in my community, thank God, thank God, it's—it's it's not an issue. Everyone's got books, um, so you're not really exposed to it. Um, but to know that we are probably not in the majority, of, you know, of people who have this abundance of books, whether it's a beautiful library in the neighborhood or your own home library, you know, or a bookstore, you're able to have the funds to purchase something that might not be the norm elsewhere. So to get on a show like Ellen, cause she's awesome, um, where she could kind of say, you know, here's this fabulous woman who empowered others and she's still making a tremendous impact, even, you know, after she's gone and for her children to know, You know, in 15 years, I always tell David, you know, it's not going to be us if we're still, if we're still doing this, they're going to kick us out. It's going to be them for their mom. Um, And we're just going to be like at the sidelines, like with our walkers trying to figure out how to, you know, what to do with extra time. But um, (laughs) I I would love, I would love that, that national recognition. And and again, not for myself and, and not even, you know, for, for the name, but to see a, how something tiny, how someone texting me and saying, I've a box of books on my front porch, how that person made a difference. Because it's not about us, again, we're the middlemen. It's about those people who took half an hour in their home library to put two garbage bags of books on their porch and then make the effort to text me and say, I've got these, or I don't live locally, but four of us collected 50 bucks and we're shipping the books to you. Because a box probably costs, our boxes cost $25 to ship. So anyone who collects a couple of boxes, Maybe $50, $75 to get 200 books sent somewhere. Um, so, just to even make tiny efforts, that makes an impact. That can create change. And that ripple effect, um, I think, should be known more. I think, especially, you know, watch social media, you watch what happened in Jersey City, you see what's going on, um, you watch the news channels. It's not wonderful out there. So, to know that there is still a way to be a part of something awesome without doing so much. I think that's important. I think that's important for people these days. You know, you read, um, people always laugh at me that I get my news from Facebook because I'm just so busy that also I don't want to watch the news. It's so depressing. So I always say, did you read that article? And they're like, it's not an article. It's on Facebook. It's called clickbait. Um, so my clickbait shows me, you know, this person made a crazy change and that person did this crazy thing. I posted an article on a, a clickbait rather. I posted clickbait on our social media page about these people who turned old tires into dog beds in the community. And there was a photo of hundreds of dogs sleeping in these beds instead of being on the street. It was beautiful. And it wasn't this person who had millions of dollars donated to this crazy charity. An artist got together with someone and, and they created this. I read also today that, you know, a 10 year old girl collected a thousand sets of pajamas to get to homeless shelters for the holidays. It's little things like this, that show people like us, people like me, people like you, people like our listeners, that you can change and you can make a change. And it doesn't require connections always. It doesn't require, you know, money in the bank always. It could be something tiny that will make an eff- effect on someone crazy. So that, that Ellen, if you're listening, because you totally are, have us on your show. Um, but other than that, I mean, our real goal, besides getting Hindi's name everywhere, we'd love to expand, not necessarily to India, but to have the ability to be more of an interactive organization to travel, even if it's just in the tri-state area, if it's, you know, throughout the country, to travel and uh, really meet our recipients, meet the children, meet the organizations and create really a long lasting relationship that isn't only unfortunately email based or phone based, but there is an interpersonal connection there. Um, that's really our goal. But other than that, I mean, I got 6,000 books delivered yesterday that are in my garage. So my husband is not thrilled. Um, we have a storage unit, books are coming, volunteers call us. So we've got the books. Um, I mean, funding is always great. Um, but we are where we want to be, um, for the most part. Uh, it's just getting our name out there becoming more interactive you know those are goals that we have for the long run
0: that is so great and if you're listening to this and you want to do something little to help then right now you're probably listening to this on your phone go to any social media of the ellen show and write a comment that she should check out hindi's libraries i would love that just do that and this is your tiny little thing that you can do right now um and let's try to get leslie there because that would be so great Um, you know, just to bring some or any type of national recognition to the great work that you're doing to just get books to more kids. And I think that it's, it's a really beautiful project. And I think that it's something that's helping a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And that's really very awesome. I'm a big fan of it. Thank you. If uh, people want to, um, reach out to Indies libraries, donate, um, send in their books, um, or, their, or funding in any kind of way, what would be the best way for them to do that?
1: So you can visit our website, it's Hindis, H-I-N-D-I-S, libraries, plural, dot .com. On there, we have outlets for everyone. If you need books, first of all, more, most importantly, if you're listening to this and you need books in your community, in your school, in your medical center, wherever you are, or you know someone who really could benefit from this, um, there is a book donation request form. Fill out your name, fill out your info, We are slow because there's just two of us, so it does take quite a while, but our goal is to go through all of our um, recipient requests and get those books to you. Um, So please send us your info. If you want to run a book drive or become a book drop, there is a contact button there for you. If you'd like to uh, donate to our cause, we have a donate button on there as well. If you just want to learn more or see where you could drop off books, Um, We have a book drop location um, page that tells you all the locations in New York and New Jersey where you can drop off books. Um, And if you just want to chat with us and see what's going on, our contact info is there and we'd love to hear from you.
0: That is so fabulous. The last thing that I want to ask you, Leslie, is what I ask everyone who comes on the show. And that is to you, Leslie, in your personal life, in your work, in the way that you move through the world, what does it mean to make an impact?
1: I think it means to go out of your comfort zone and do something you know needs to be done. That's it. You know something needs to be done. You just have to do it. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if people are talking about you, if people know that you did it. It's not the point. Um, your name doesn't need to be anywhere. You just, you get up, you know what needs to be done and you work your butt off to do what you can to make it happen. That's it.
0: That is fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on today, Leslie. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks
0: for taking the time to listen today. You can access the show notes by swiping up on the cover art. You'll find a link to the Hindi's Library website. Take a minute to check it out. There's tons of info there and it's really pretty. To hear more episodes, subscribe or head over to impactfashionnyc.com slash blog slash podcast. While you're there, feel free to check out what's new in the world of size, inclusive, modest fashion. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick rating. It makes a big difference. This episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowicz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.nyc. As always, here's to making an impact together.